Welcome to Bovine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. My name is Lisa Holden, and I'm an Associate Professor of Dairy Science in the Animal Science Department at Penn State. In this series of Bovine Banter, we are focusing on the use of technology in the dairy industry. I am joined today by Dr. Melissa Cantor, an Assistant Professor of Precision Dairy Science here at Penn State. Dr. Cantor, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at Penn State? Hi, everybody. Yeah, so my name is Melissa Cantor. I'm from California, Southern California originally, and I did my undergrad at University of Kentucky and was really sure that I was going to be a Kentucky Derby veterinarian. And I actually changed gears when I did my undergraduate research in precision technology. I really fell in love with the dairy industry at that point and also saw a need to, as animals were starting to be bigger on each farm, in other words, having more cows per farm, I saw this need to learn how to manage these animals individually in a group setting. And so that's really what sparked my graduate career. And I also went to UW-Madison and started looking at technology even then with robotic calf feeders. And then I went out in industry for a few years as a milk tester. Again, I saw that milk quality, measuring milk just once a month, a lot of farms, it just wasn't enough to solve some of their challenges. And so that really sparked my interest to go back to school and get a PhD, focusing on ways that we can actually manage the health of our young stock or in our calves in particular, using technology. And so here I am at Penn State. Very excited to be here. Just started in February and really looking to develop a very strong, robust program, both extension and research on providing tools to producers to make better decisions with these technologies, discover new ones, and also what can we do with this data? Because that's the biggest thing with this industry is we're getting more and more and more information, but what matters and what should we be looking at? Thank you. And we are very happy to have you here at Penn State. Um, can you share with us a little bit of some details about the different types of technologies that are available out there for dairy farms? Absolutely. There are several different kinds of technology. Precision tech is quite a big word, actually. There's two different types. There's the types that we use on the crops in the field. And then there are the types that we put on the cow or the wearables. So in my particular research, I work a lot on the wearables, but there are also a lot of different technologies that we use, you know, when we come to crop planning, row planners, all the different technologies we can use to manage our crops. And then on the cow side, we have things to look at the cow in an individual setting in a group setting. What do I mean by that? I mean, in the milking parlor, we might have milk weights on that cow and know how much milk she gave that day. We might have an activity monitor on her to measure how, whether or not she's in heat and needs to be bred. There's rumination collars to track rumination to manage the health of those animals. Uh, and there's many, many more. There's milking robots that actually milk the cow and give you info on her and milking robots for calves, which feed them and collect information on them. So it's quite expansive, actually. And there are new texts, too, out there that we'll talk about probably later in the podcast. So with all these different technologies and all of the data that you talked about earlier, what are some opportunities for farms to use these technologies to really expand or improve their management? Yeah, great question. So essentially, what can we do with these texts to improve our management of our animals? 
So there, there are two different things that we can do. One is there are quite a few commercial software programs that come with these technologies that are available and actually will create an alert for a producer to look at. Now, it varies quite a bit based on what you're trying to measure. So for example, the literature suggests that the rumination alerts are actually quite accurate at predicting transition cow disease. So in that particular sense, producers are using these alerts to check on their, to actually monitor the health of their transition cows after they calf, to really intervene and make sure they provide something to that cow before she goes fully ketotic, as an example, if her rumination starts to slow down. Um, some people also use these for breeding. So they might have a double off sync program and they might cherry pick a couple cows out that have an activity monitor alert and then breed her off of the off sync program. That's something that people do as well. Um, there's also the opportunity to use it to just manage the group in itself. So one of the herds actually locally here that we went to on a herd visit with Dr. Holden, actually, who's here with us. They were using their technology to actually monitor whether or not the feeder was feeding the dry cows appropriately. So this is a this is a really cool idea. This is very, very new. But you can actually look at, are my workers doing what I ask them to do? Because we're looking at the feeding time of the group. If it drops on average, it can actually create an alert in that way too. And then you might be able to troubleshoot why the feeder didn't get to the cows on time or something like that. Or perhaps the ration or the salts are off or something if you're using a DCAD diet. So there are a lot of opportunities here with this technology and on the individual cow level to using an alert to intervene or even just to manage the group in general. Are my calves drinking their milk off the robot? Are all my cows getting milked? You know, these, it really can help you troubleshoot what's going on on the farm. Thanks. What a great answer. Um, so along with those opportunities always come some challenges. So what might be some challenges that maybe you've seen with farms that are adopting more technology? Yep, that's also, I'm just going to keep telling you these are excellent questions. Very well thought out. One of the biggest challenges on the farm, in my opinion, is making sure you put someone in charge of maintaining the equipment. So the, the equipment, you know, eventually the batteries wear out on these collars. It's really, really important. The most successful farms that use these alerts to manage their animals or look at the group as a whole and how they're doing have some key personnel on the farm who has a routine, you know, every Friday or, you know, twice a week or something like that. They go through and make sure that collars that aren't working are looked into, batteries are replaced if they start to die, these sorts of things. This is to me the fundamental thing to get this technology to continue running is just to have a maintenance program set in place. This is extremely important if you put in a calf robot to feed your calves or uh, a milking robot to milk your cows. If you don't have a really robust maintenance program in place or somebody on the farm that knows how to help troubleshoot that tech and you live far away from the dealer to help you, that can be quite challenging. So I always tell people, have in mind before you invest in that technology, which key personnel is going to take on the responsibility of maintenancing that technology and keeping it running. Because that's a that's a big one that sometimes people don't tend to look into until they have it on the farm. Some really good advice. Thank you. Um, so your research has focused on utilizing some technologies with calves and young stock. Can you give us a summary of what some of the benefits of that research have been? Absolutely. So as of today, we have found, so I'll, I'll give you just a small little story without getting too winded here. So we found that calves with respiratory disease 
change their behavior up to six days before they actually show us clinical signs that you or the farmer could detect out in the barn. So before she's showing that head tilt or the nasal discharge or coughing, she's actually doing behavioral changes that an activity monitor and the robotic calf feeder can pick up on. They're very subtle changes that we would not be able to detect with the naked eye. And with that, we developed an alert just specifically for the robotic milk feeder that actually detects a specific change in that calf's milk intake and drinking speed. And once it's published, I'll happily release what those numbers are. Um, it's in review right now. But essentially what it does is it creates this alert 48 hours before that calf gets diarrhea. So the reason that's really important is because with respiratory disease, it's a very complex disease. It takes several days to develop before the immune system kind of becomes overcome by that bacterial pathogen. So we have a lot of data before to make a prediction, but with diarrhea, we don't have that ability to do that because these calves are seven days old, eight days old. They're very young. So using feeding behavior on that individual calf and creating alert is something we just did, which is really cool because now we can test out interventions before we give that calf antibiotics and she's super sick. What about electrolytes before she's super, super clinically ill, meaning has diarrhea for two or three days and the calf is really sick at that point, needs an IV. We want to avoid that with technology. That's the idea. Try and do something to kind of help that cow or that calf have a crutch to get past that incident that they're having before they're super sick and they become something nobody wants to have to see on the farm. Sounds like some great data. We will uh, we will look forward to those publications then. So thinking about your new role now as a Penn State faculty member, can you highlight for us some of the work that you'll be doing in this precision dairy science area? Absolutely. So there, there are really three themes here that one is going to be creating some applied research for the producers to use. So right now we're actually following these dairy beef calves and looking at they have a pretty high incidence of respiratory disease. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that these animals move quite a bit, right? The farm sells them at a couple days of age. They go get raised on milk somewhere. That farmer has a strong incentive to get that calf weaned right away. They oftentimes get sold and move again. So a lot of them get sick from all that stress. And so the idea here is in a system that complex, can we still use these technologies to find sick animals? Because I think if we can create a system that does that, and really understands when to intervene, we could save a lot of money because these animals are worth quite a bit. So people are investing $375 just to buy them off the farm a lot of times. So there's actually incentive there to find disease early in those animals. That's one. Um, the other big one, and there's two, one is to kind of create a system where we could make better decisions. So if we're raising heifers, for example, I know a lot of larger firms have mentioned to me that they would love to be able to put tech on a calf and know at day 60 if she has a high chance of being a good cow or not so much. So that's another thing we're really looking into is can we make prediction models to just make decisions for these animals using this data so that all you have to do is get a percent. Oh, there's a 60% chance that this cow will be awesome. Then you can kind of go, do I keep her or not? You know? Um, and then one of the other things is interventions, like I had already mentioned. So can we do something about it with real time rather than saying, oh yeah, there's a relationship here later. We want to do things that farmers can use. Well, it sounds like great practical uh, areas to work in. And I'm sure our dairy industry will, uh, will appreciate some of these results. 
So um, just a few more questions. We've talked about technologies that are available right now. Can you speculate a little bit for us? What's up and coming? What are some of those new technologies that might be available to dairies in the next few years? Excellent question. So there's quite a few of those. Um, some The ones that I can actually talk about that aren't like commercially under wraps one of the biggest ones is body condition cameras. So we're still trying to sort out you know, shadowing and dust and flies, all the things that happen on a dairy farm. How do we keep this camera up and running? But the camera in a very clean setting, so perhaps an e- exit alleyway in a parlor or something like this, does a pretty good job of, and this is actually already commercially available. Uh, there are just some challenges still yet on keeping it running really well. So remember, I mentioned that maintenance category. So somebody would probably have to go clean the lens on that camera X amount of days a week and things like that. So that's a big up and coming one, uh, because especially when we think about formulating rations, no nutritionist knows how much cows actually weigh and body condition score can give them a much more accurate estimate of that. Another one that's up and coming is the shower. So heat stress is a problem in our dairy industry. And some of my colleagues actually validated a system where the cow can go cool herself, like basically soak herself when she wants, and it can control, it can really record who's doing this and how much. And so right now it's not commercially available yet, but I think it's a really cool idea because one of the biggest things I hear about farmers not investing in a sprinkler system is how much water that costs. So if we could just allocate it to the cow that needs it or feels like she needs it, in other words, that might be a really good idea. And then also we could direct the water better too, right? We could put the shower somewhere where the cow goes to get showered and it's a good drainage path or something like that. I think that's a pretty cool idea and that's up and coming. And then the other big one is we're still trying to find a good fever detector. Uh, I have, I will tell you right now that there is nothing that's ready to go tomorrow, but I think that's coming up on the horizon. It's something where we can actually find fever without having to temp our cows. But that's still under the wraps, I think. (laughs) Well, some great, exciting things to look forward to. So um, last question. Do you have any takeaway messages that you would like to share with our listeners? Absolutely. I think my biggest takeaway for you is if you're considering investing in a technology, let's say you're convincing retrofitting your barn and changing to an automated catheter. Let's use that as an example, because that's like one of my favorite little nerdy places to go. If you're considering doing that, make sure you have somebody in place who is willing to take on the responsibility of maintaining that equipment. Secondly, cleaning that equipment. This is really, really important for both calf feeders and robots. Someone who's willing to go in there and make sure that the cleaning cycles are running, they're changing things. This sort of thing is super, super important. And the last thing is make sure you have all of the key basics in place before you do this. So in the example of a calf feeder, make sure you already have good ventilation. You have very low rates of disease. You already have good colostrum management and check on that. Actually have your vet come check your calves, make sure they're having passive immunity. I know that we say this all the time, but it's so, so important to make sure you have the basics in place because it's it's a new system, right? It takes a learning curve to figure it out. And I think it's so important when you go transitioning your barn and putting cows on a robot that you have the basics covered. So that's what I always tell everybody. And same thing with milk quality. Make sure you have a good idea in place for a cow robot. 
Well, thanks very much, Melissa, for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on Bovine Banter. This is the last episode in this technology series, but please be sure to tune in to our next series, which will be hosted by the Penn State Dairy Team and will begin in July.